I don't feel pressure. I feel tired. I think worshiping the Lord will wear you out, won't it? That's a good way. Hey, I wanted to say this. I said in the first row, I had my world's best number one piano player today. Best piano player there is. It's my daughter, Grace. Yeah. And the reason I want to say that, I was thinking about this this week, was when she left home to go to the college, which was a long time ago now, it seems. She's already graduated and married. But the last day, but right before she was going to leave, we went out for a jog together. We, we jogged. I used to jog with her. I don't know more. I can't keep up with her. She just runs me into the ground. I mean, runs away from me. It's humiliating when your daughter outruns you. <laughs> but we, were out, we went and took a run, and on the way back, it was down, all, down the roads here, and she said, let's go by the church. I want to play the piano for one last time. Because she used to be on the worship team all through you know, middle school and high school here. And so it was really a special day, but it was really a sort of heartbreaking day for me also. You know. So it's always great to you know, have your daughter back playing the piano. Yeah. Plus, I wanted to say this too, because Becky's not in here, but I'll just tell you this, she is the best worship leader in my book of anybody. That's why I said, Chris Tomlin has nothing on her. Right? I mean, because she's Becky. It's because she's my wife. So, but I'm just saying, I have my favorite worship leader, my favorite pianist today. For all other pianists in here and worship leaders, that's not, nothing bad about you. You're good, too. They're just better, in my opinion. <laughs> and they're supposed to be. <laughs> right? Well, here's one thing the Lord told me, and I'll give you some more on this later, but the Lord gave me a word. It actually gave, it was more than just a word, but it was really a powerful experience I had. And, he, and this is what he said, a swell is coming. Everybody say swell. And if you know anything about surfing, you know what a swell is. Okay? And I know I got some stuff on it, but I don't want to talk about it now because I really feel like I'm supposed to do this. Uh, so I'm going to do it. I want to talk about uh, hearing the Lord. Okay, now I'm not going to try to tell you how to hear the Lord because that's impossible. Just like it would be impossible even for a doctor to tell you how, or, you know, an ear specialist. He could tell you, yeah, you know, you have an eardrum and it bounces when sound hits it and blah, blah, blah. But somehow or another, that sound is transferred into words and, you know, something else once it gets through your brain, right? Nobody really understands that. Well, let me just say what I do know what I'm talking about. I don't know about eardrums and stuff, but I do know about electricity. And I can tell you this, nobody really understands electricity. No one. Even, uh, you know, I was an electrical engineer at one time. I tell you this. They don't really understand it. It's the flow of electrons. Duh. What is flow of electrons? I mean, nobody really understands it. You get the point. I'm not trying to give you a test, but I want to talk to you about hearing the Lord and how some things that can hinder us from hearing and how God wants us to hear. You know, heck, I don't, I'm just going to say it. I don't, I'm having a hard time describing it. But, all right, here it is. First of all, I want, I want 1 Kings 3, 9, and this comes out of the Amplified Bible. Okay, and this is the scripture Becky read a couple of weeks ago, so I stole this from her. Okay, it says, this is when Solomon prayed to the Lord, and the Lord appeared, came to Solomon in, the, in a dream, and the Lord said, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Number one, I want you to get this. God, dream, every dream that was in the Bible was from God. There was no dreams in the entire Bible that was from the devil or from pizza or for anything else. They all came from God. I'll leave that thought with you because that is something that really has got me messed up in a good way about the dreams because God speaks to me a lot in dreams. 
And I'm thinking, well, if every dream in the Bible was from God, what does that mean about my dreams? And we should ask ourselves that question. It is a good question. But it said the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. In a dream. All the dreams of the Bible were significant because the Lord would appear to people, speak to people, give people direction. And he asked him, and Solomon, of course, asked for wisdom. Here's the way the Amplified gives that. Give your servant an understanding mind. Everybody say understanding mind. And a hearing heart. To judge your people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge and rule this, your great people. So an understanding mind and a hearing heart. Now, in the New Testament, I don't have this up there. I'm going to just tell it to you real quick. In the New Testament, there's a progression that happens. The progression is this. is Number one, you hear from the Lord. Number two, your spiritual eyes are open. And number three comes understanding. Now, that's really the way it works. That's the way the spiritual things work. It's first we hear, second we see, and lastly we gain understanding. And you get that out of, out of Luke 24, uh, verse 25. Let me just say this real quick. I'm trying to do this message real fast. Okay? It says this. It says, and he says, them, O foolish men and slow of heart. Everybody say slow of heart. Slow of heart to believe. See, cause, so you see there's your heart in the, in the uh, process of believing. To believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. He explained him that, okay? But it doesn't say they understood it, okay? It just means he spoke to their hearts. Okay, and I'll tell you a little bit, but he spoke to their hearts. Whether they were, at that moment, they really didn't know. They, they weren't, were not conscious of him speaking to their hearts. Then the next thing that happens is down in verse 31, it says, And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. Their eyes were opened. So that's the next thing. And the final thing is verse 45, and he says, Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Okay? You see that? So that's the, that's, the, that's the biblical way that God wants to bring reality in our life. He wants to speak to our hearts, okay, a hearing heart. Then he wants to open our spiritual eyes so we can really see the spiritual realm. And then the last thing is to give our minds understanding. And that literally is that when he says open their minds, that's really your, your, your understanding part of your mind that he opened up and gave you. See, so God has to do all this. When it comes to spiritual things, he ha- even has to give you an understanding mind. You cannot understand those things apart from that. And that's really, really important. But the great thing is he wants to do that, and that's part of our inheritance. In some sense, we don't even have to ask him for it. We have it. It's given to us. It's just a matter of us receiving it and believing it. It's, it's part of our inheritance. All right, so, but what I wanted to talk to you about today, and maybe this message, and maybe I would do one on seeing, and maybe I would do one on understanding. I say maybe, because things change a lot in my life, like from one five minutes to the next. (laughs) So what I want to talk to you a little bit about is about this, what I would like to call the internal guidance system that God has given us. Everybody has it. It's called the heart. That's our internal guidance system that God has given each one of us. And God expects us to live out of our heart, to live from our heart, and to receive guidance from life from the heart. Okay? That's, that's really how we're supposed to live our life. We get, get our guidance there, all right? Because when God us, it comes from your spirit man into your heart. 
That's where it goes to. And, and so you've got information from God sitting in your heart. Okay, that's what it says. It actually says, when you look at Psalm, it says God put wisdom into his heart. That's where, it didn't go into his brain. It went into his heart. He put, plugged it into that. And so God really wants us to be able to tap into our hearts to the wisdom that he's given us there. Now, here's the, there's a problem with the heart. And here's what the problem, even though it's a guidance system, it is a very faint, gentle, low-level, low-power guidance system. In other words, it, you know, it has, it can't, the heart can't overcome your will. The heart can't overcome your choices. The heart can't overcome all the voices and all the noises that are going around on in our life. It, 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 God didn't create it that way. If we are going to use this guidance system, we have to still ourselves and quiet ourselves to hear this, to hear this heart, okay? And to get the information from it that we need, okay? Are y'all, is that, are y'all following this? Now, uh, Luke, Matthew twelve thirty four. Jesus says, For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure. Treasure chest or heart or storeroom is, is so, that's what Jesus was saying. There's stuff in your heart that's stored down in there, that has been put down in there, and either it's been put down by God or by something else. And the other stuff's the bad stuff. You don't want that. You want Jesus to get rid of that. That's why we really focus on getting the walls and the healings and all that. Get all that done. Get it out of the way so you can tap into the good things that he's put in you because he really has put, put, put it in your heart already. It said that in Hebrews. It's been written on our hearts. You know, it says it's written on our hearts. And it's going to come into our mind. And it says it's written on our mind. It's going to come into our heart. It's pretty interesting, really. But anyway, that's another day. But Elijah, here's a great... Elijah, you remember when Elijah was in the mountaintop, and Mount Horeb, he was up there all messed up, and Jezebel and then got him all, you know, whacked out, and he was wanting to die and all this stuff. Remember that? I mean, everybody, good Lord, we all could feel like Elijah. Like, come on, let's get out of here and go somewhere. And, and the Lord wanted to speak to him. And it says the Lord came in the earthquake and the windstorm and all this. But he knew that God wasn't there. See, he knew something. It says, literally, the Bible says there was a gentle blowing. And one of the translations says it's a still, small voice. A gentle blowing was sort of like the thing that happens when God speaks to our heart. It's just a very gentle thing. And if you're not spiritually perceptive, you miss the gentle blowing. You miss the still, small voice. In fact, uh, in the first service, uh, there was a young man, Joel. Y'all know Joel uh, Forsyth? Joel, you know Joel. He's really a smart kid. He's Ken to Scott Forsyth. <laughs> he can't help it. <laughs> That's all smart people, man. The whole family's smart. Don't you love family of, of smart people? Well, I love smart people. I don't know about y'all, but I'm pretty fascinated with smart people. I like to get around smart people and talk to them, listen to all the stuff they know. It's pretty fascinating to me. But anyway, Joel said, hey, this is what he told me. When you talked about that, that still small voice and that gentle blowing, there was a gentle blowing in the room. And he called it. I don't know. Is he 12 years old? So there's this, you see, we have to, uh, I'll tell you this. Remember when Michelle was here? What was her last name? Perry. Well, Michelle Perry was sort of a fascinating person, okay? She was a Holy Ghost girl beyond measure. 
I mean, that woman had unusual power on her. I've never felt that power like that on a person before. It was different from anything I ever felt. I couldn't really, I never really got a chance for her to pray for me except for one little thing that she did. I want to tell you about this one little thing she did because she gave me the ultimate secret. Because she quizzed me the whole time <laughs> we was here about, about sin in the spiritual world. She was just quizzing the mess. I mean, I couldn't keep up <laughs> with her quizzing. You know, she was, I was failing the test. But she walked up to me. It was during all, during here, you know, on Sunday, and, you know, the Lord was moving, and she pointed her finger at me. And when she did, I pointed, no, actually, I pointed my finger at her. Then she took her finger, pushed her finger out here. She put my finger on her, and she said, child's eyes. Wow. And when she said that, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but everything inside of me melted instantly. It was like there was a complete, complete melting in me. The power of God just went into me. I got an impartation off on her. That's what really happened. That was just impartation, but it was an impartation of what she says, child's eyes. So I would tell you this. This, this is what we need to get at. We need to get child's eyes. We need to get child's ear. Jesus said this. He who has an ear, he said this 15 times in the New Testament. And I think seven, of those, seven or eight of those times was in Revelation when he's speaking to the church. He who has an ear, let him hear. Sometimes he actually used the plural, said ears. But certain times, like especially when he's speaking to those churches, he wanted to tell them, listen, I'm, telling you, I'm talking about something spiritual. I'm not talking about these natural ears. I'm talking about a spiritual ear that you have that you can hear with. And, if you, and he has, who has that ear? He was talking to people who had it. We have that ear. Then he said, let them. Let them. See, that, it's a choice. It's something we have to allow for in our life to be able to hear God speak to us. Okay? It's, this, it's, there's no form of this thing. It's an allowing, it's allowing God to speak to our hearts. Now, like I say, the receiver, the, the guidance system, is a weak guidance system. God created it like that on purpose. It does take a child likeness. It does take humility. It takes being still. It takes not using logic and understanding all that to hear. I mean, he did that on purpose. He made it weak on purpose. You know, so we would, would bow to be able to really truly hear God. And uh, so a loss of, there's things that drown out, okay? There's things that drown out that hearing. And Jesus addressed those things. I wanted to read this one scripture, Luke 21, 34. Are y'all good? Yeah. It says, be on your guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down. Now, this is in, t- in context of Jesus talking about the end times. Okay, which we know we're, we're closer now than we were. So this applies, right? But he talks about a heart being weighed down uh, with dissipation, drunkenness, and words of life, and that day will come on you suddenly like a trap. So in other words, you won't be discerning what's happening. Okay, your heart being weighed down. Dissipation, y'all know what that means. That's a crazy word. In fact, the word that is really is another more crazier word. It's called S-U-R-F-E-I-T-I-N-G. Have you ever heard such of a word? It's, that's what the... It's this craziest word I... But what the heck is dissipation? I mean, what you, when I looked it up, it took me to that word. Surfeiting or something like that. But you know what it means? This is crazy. It means to be giddy with a head, headache from being drunk on wine. That's what it means. Now, I'm going to talk to you guys. Some of y'all people here know what that feels like. Y'all know what it feels like to get drunk on wine. I have, I'm talking about natural wine. I'm not talking about Holy Ghost wine. It doesn't give you a headache. 
But you know how that feels. It feels rough the next day. I mean, real rough. You feel disconnected. You, don't, you do feel a giddiness. You feel things don't seem right to you. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you something. He was talking about wine, but we could be drunk on anything. It don't just take drink alcohol, although he does address drunkenness, which we need to pay attention to that. If we're getting drunk, something's wrong with us. I'm going to just tell you that right now. If you're having to get drunk, you, got to, you better fix that. Because that ain't right. I mean, that's going to mess you up. I'm just being truthful with you. It's going to keep you from being a sense spiritually. But if you are intoxicated by the world, about yourself, about your, whatever it may be, Jesus was saying that is going to keep you from being able, it's going to weigh your heart down, and your heart is just going to be drowned. The voice of the Lord is going to be drowned in your life. You're not going to be able to hear it. Okay? Are y'all good? That don't apply to y'all, right? Y'all ain't got it. But I'll tell you one that does apply to everybody in this room. It's called the worries of life. Now, he specifically said that. Worries of life. And this has been the most worrisome year of ever, of all time, right? And there's been worries and cares and concerns. And Jesus was saying, these things will weigh your heart down. And they will keep you from being able to hear. Fear will keep you. Fear will keep you from being able to hear God. Okay, if you are bound up with fear in your life, it is going to keep you from being able to hear Him. You're not going to be able to hear Him. And uh, so here's the thing. There are a lot of thoughts, okay? Everybody has thoughts. Everybody has impressions. Everybody has feelings, okay? There's a lot of those that go on. What we had to do, we had to differentiate between the thoughts, feelings, impressions of our soul realm versus the thoughts, feelings, impressions that come from the spirit realm. Okay, now that's really the key right there. And here's the thing that I've learned, and I think you can really back this up through Scripture, is the thoughts of our soul life and the impressions of our soul life, the feelings of our soul, they're always concerned with just two things. Number one, they're concerned with yesterday, what happened yesterday. Okay, or they're worried about tomorrow. Okay, the Spirit, what you're going to find over and over, the Spirit of God is concerned about when he begins to reveal his thought, it's about you right this moment. He wants to talk to you in the present moment, right now. That's all he wants to talk about. He's not worried about yesterday. Now, he will show you the future, but it's not in a worry sense. It's more in the revelation sense. Okay? He wants to talk to us about the future. He wants us to live out of the future, but not from a worry negative sense. It's about from living how to live right this moment. Do y'all see that? That's a big, that right there is the big key. I mean, just on a practical level... You, if, if, if you are overcome with worry about situations, you are not going to be able to hear God speak to you about that situation. It's really a paradox. The harder you try to hear God, the less you're going to hear Him. If you're trying to hear God about something, I promise you this, you are not going to hear Him. The Bible tells us we hear God from a place of rest, not from a place of trying. I'll tell you this, I mean, forget the, get the stuff I need to hear God about. I'm talking about the stuff I want to hear God about. I'm talking about getting revelation from God. Every, all the revelation I get, everything that God ever talks to me about, He never talks to me when I'm trying to get it from Him. I never get it from Him like that. It always comes when I'm not trying to get it. It always comes when I'm at peace, when I'm at rest. Okay? And I'm not even thinking trying to get something. I had a pretty tremendous revelation. The swell thing, it's pretty powerful. I was in my kitchen. Becky and I were in the kitchen. We were looking on the computer at our website. We are making some changes on our website. We were looking at it on our website, and suddenly I was in a different place. Okay? I was suddenly connected in the spiritual room. I was in a different place. I was experiencing this swell. 
I wasn't trying to be in a different place. I wasn't trying to hear something from God right then. I was looking at the colors and stuff like that on the website and deciding if we liked the colors. You know what I'm saying? I was not in a position trying to get something from God. Let me just give you a couple. Are you all with me on this? This is really the key right here to hear him. I'm telling you this. Uh, Hebrews 4, 11 and 12. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through, uh, fall through following the same example of disobedience. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. Remember I was telling you, you've got to discern between your soul realm, your spirits, right here. And the only way you can do that is to be at a place of rest, not a place of striving, not a place of striving. It's like, have you been to the prayer meetings where everybody wants to beg God for something? The best thing you can do is head to the house. Like, I gotta go, man. I got a phone call. My wife is on the phone. Make up something. Have you a ring thing set up that just in case something's going on, you don't like it, you can just hit a button. Like, oh, gotta go. Because <laughs> when the begging starts, I mean, we ain't got a God, we gotta beg. And if we're begging him and he ain't doing it, he didn't want to do anything like we shared earlier. Forget the begging. So we just don't need to be doing that. Because we ain't going to hear them anyway. Have, I'll tell you this. Most people, when they are backed against a wall, have you ever been backed against a wall? I'm talking about you needed God right that second. Not tomorrow. You weren't worried about paying the bills tomorrow or whatever. You were in a moment. If God didn't come through in that moment, something bad was going to happen. How was your prayer then? You know, were you begging? No, help! <laughs> they were, you weren't jumping through no hoops trying to, you know, get something going. You just, God, help. You've got to do something. You know, I'm in a mess right this second. I got, and, and he comes through. Are you seeing what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't in, in some way of, of pushing. Here's the paradox. Are y'all following that? Yeah. Matthew 10, 39. This is the paradox. He who has found his life, meaning soul, will lose it. In other words, you're going to lose that. Which God doesn't want you to lose this, your soul life. He doesn't. He wants control of that soul life. And he who has lost his soul life for my sake will find it. You see that? That's, how, that's the paradox. The, harder, the, the needs that you have for your soul, the needs that you have in your life, you have to let go of those things. You have to lose those things to gain them. If you don't let go of them, if you don't put those cares down, those worries down, all those difficulties down, you will not find the answer to them. Are you following that? That's the paradox of God. We're desperate. We have desperate needs and we're, you know, trying to get the answer from heaven and God's being silent where He said, let that thing go. And as you let it go, at some point, the answer gets revealed to you and released to you. That's the way the spiritual world works. Are you following me? Well, the Bible says this. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Notice it doesn't say the God of warfare or the God of the army angels. You know, the devil wants us to get our spiritual swords out and go after, you know, we're going to have this big battle with the devil. And the Bible says, no, it's when you're at peace, it's when you're at rest, the enemy's defeated. I'll share what Rhonda shared with me. Is that okay, Rhonda? That dream you had? Rhonda had a dream. It was, a God, it was one of those dreams from the Bible kind of dreams. God was in it. Becky and Rhonda and some other lady were in this dream doing something and wound up going to Rhonda's, Rhonda's mom's house and Rhonda was finding something that they needed from the Lord, right? The Lord was in it. And she was digging around this leaf, and this snake was under a bad snake, a mean old snake. And the snake was so bad, it stood up on its tail. You know, when there's a snake like that, there's trouble. I mean, you know, most people with a snake like that, you'd be running hard. I mean, imagine if a snake getting through that door, walking on its back tail. I mean, we'd be killing each other trying to get out that door. 
we'd be running over each other because we ain't going to have to get messed with a snake like that. Well, in the dream, Rhonda, this is not a bad thing on Rhonda, because Rhonda's the girl, I'm telling you. Her and that other woman, they took off into the house. But then she looked out the outside and she saw Becky out there. And she said Becky was full of peace. And she want, that snake wasn't going to mess with her, right? Is that, that she was able to deal with that snake because of peace. Now, here's the thing about fear. Everybody feels fear. Just because you're full of peace doesn't mean you will not feel fear. It's that, but you have something a greater. See, what you feel is going to make you act in a certain way. If you're full of fear, you're going to respond from fear. If if your peace is greater than the fear, that's how you're going to respond from. And the enemy's there, and you've got more peace than the fear he's able to put on you. You're good to go. You've beat him. You've crushed him. And he knows it. And that's the way it has to be. Another one that says, uh, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So that's Colossians 3, 15. Let it rule. And that's how we're supposed to live our life, okay, to be able to hear God that instead of worry to rule, instead of anxiety to rule. See, that, all that worry, that anxiety, all that dissipation, all that drunkenness is drowning out the thing in there that God wants us to hear. And every, right, y'all guilty of this, right? At least part of it. Y'all, every, y'all are, right? Y'all are human beings. That means you're guilty of it. That means you've had worry that has drowned out the voice of the Lord in your life. You've had cares that have drowned out the voice of the Lord. I mean, really serious stuff. Everybody in this room has, I'll tell you. All right, here's, here's the thing. Are you good? Here's the thing. We're going to get done. Luke 24, 32. This is what's really interesting, okay? When God speaks to your heart, many times, many times, you will not know He has spoken to your heart. This is what it says right here. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning with us, within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the Scripture to us? They only became aware of that reality after the Lord had revealed himself to them. They were not in touch with the reality that God had spoken to them and they didn't even know it. Do you see that? Now this is important because lots of times we're looking for God for answers. Lots of times we're needing answers from God. And, and we're, we're asking Him, we're seeking Him, and God releases something to us. The problem is, is we're not conscious. There's no, there's no manifestation. There's, no, there's nothing to tell us that we've got it. Until you get into the situation later that day or the next day, okay, where you need the answer, and the answer's there. The answer comes out of your mouth. Y'all, have y'all had that experience? Have you had the experience where you were in a situation and you needed something from God and you didn't have time to put forth no great prayers? You know, there wasn't no time to call a prayer meet and I couldn't get it on the prayer chain. I couldn't call the friends. But you opened your mouth and the wisdom of heaven flowed out of your mouth. I mean, I've had it happen to me so many times. It's because God released it earlier. But when they thought about it, like, oh, yeah, we did have a manifestation. We had this burning in our hearts. Okay, we had this fire, this warming of, warming of the heart. Is that the way our hearts were strangely warmed? Isn't that way some revivalists said at one time? Our hearts were... Many times they're looking back and seeing that. And see, I think that's really important for us because lots of times we're praying and we're looking for some sign. We're looking for something to tell us that we've, got, we've, that God, we've connected with God, that we've, that, that we've heard, that God's heard our prayers and God's done it. We're looking for that thing and God's saying, don't look for that thing. Don't look for it. Because you will have the answer. He even said that in, a, in a, these extreme cases where you are going to be persecuted and brought before people. 
He said, don't even think about it. Don't, because everybody be trying to figure out what they're going to say if you're going before somebody who could kill you, right? If they, you know, put you in prison for the rest of your life. and We'd be trying to figure out what we're going to say in our defense. But he said, don't even think about that. So what he wants us to, are you getting that? Now, here's one thing you can do. If you will take the time and be still before the Lord, okay? Uh, this church ain't the kind of church normally for doing that. I like that roar thing, man. I'm telling you, there's something about that. I was hearing a different kind of worship recently. Uh, there's a new kind of worship coming, and it's got this roar in it. It's incredible, man. And it's doing something. There's this roar. I know people are offended by loudness, but they better get real and think about what the Bible says. I mean, there's a lot of loud stuff going on in the Bible. But I do believe... Now, what I'm telling you is this. I went into a church one time, and on the door they had this, all let all the earth be silent before you. And I knew right then, they were saying, don't you come in here and make no noise. And I'm thinking, that is, not, that is not the heart of the Father. I don't believe that's His heart for His people to have to go in and be quiet. He wants people to be able to express. And then quietness is a way of expression. Don't get me wrong. I practice quietness every day in about in my life. I practice being still before the Lord. In fact, I practice so much when I come to church, I don't want to yell. You know? <laughs> I bet you would if you'd practice it. You're like, I'm tired of being quiet. I'm an introvert. Let me just tell you this. I'm an introvert, and I get really... Introverts can get weird on you if they're around people all the time. <laughs> it's just like extroverts. If you put an extrovert in a house by themselves, and you come home from work, and they've been there all day by themselves, they are crazy. <laughs> They'll drag you all over the place wanting to go do something, and you're wore out, and they want to go out and have a party. I don't know what their problem is. But did you know this, that God, if you're an extrovert, just say your natural personality, God can create an introvert part in you and bring you into more of a balance in your life. You know, that you become not just some extreme introvert, but that you can become more and more extrovert where you feel like you get energy from being around people. If you'll let the Holy Spirit have His way. Because I'll tell you this. God is a person who likes to be quiet. And He's a person who likes to get around people. People who have been in the throne room say the throne room is the most loud, busy place in the, that exists. It's just busy. There's all kinds of activity going on around. And God likes that. God loves that. He loves that. He does. Doesn't He? Alright, I got off the subject anyway. Right, but what I want to tell you this about dialing in and sensing when God's speaking to you. If you will practice being still before the Lord and waiting on the Lord and paying attention, God will begin to, and it's different for every person, I believe. But here's the way I, I can get this. I get stuff from the Lord. I can tell when I'm getting it lots of times. It's, and I like, that's why I like the Holy Spirit River thing because it, in me, I can feel this flow of water. Okay, I know this sounds crazy if you've never heard this kind of stuff before. I'm not crazy. I'm just telling you that right now. But I may be a fool, you know, because the Bible says we're fools for Christ. And John Wimber said this great thing. He said this. I want to tell you this. Everybody is somebody's fool. Whose fool are you? Isn't that a good statement? We're going all going to be somebody's fool. I'm going to be a fool for Christ. Anyways, this is a foolish thing from Christ. I can feel in me, and I don't, it's just hard to explain it because it's not, it's, it's, it's like a natural feeling, but it's not really natural. 
I can feel it's like water coming up, up in me. That's the way it feels. It feels like water's washing over my heart and it's washing into my mind. Okay, and I know when that's happening, I know that God is releasing something to me. Sometimes He lets me in on it at that moment. Sometimes I can tell, you know, there's this revelation that comes to me. But not always. Lots of times I have no clue. But it always happens, it always happens when I am not trying to get anything from the Lord. Always. Period. It always happens when I'm just being there with Him and being still before Him and letting God have, have His way. And I've shared this before. You don't, it doesn't take an hour to do that. You know, I don't really believe in telling people you need to spend an hour soaking. And I mean, I'd like to do that, you know, but a lot of people can't do that, right? I mean, their life won't let them. God, a mother with four or five kids running around is going to have a heck of a hard time soaking for an hour, right? I mean, I just, you know, but do you think God don't want to meet that mama? He may want to say, well, you know, if you could take five minutes with me before the kids get up, I'll meet you. I'll be there in those five minutes. I'll talk to you in those five minutes. I'll release something to you in those five minutes. There's no time in God. So get all this. And I know a lot of people talk about that, and I do value that. Them saying, you know, spending this X amount of time, you know. But don't go there. Just be with the Lord. Give yourself a chance to steal yourself before God and let God impart you. But don't go for the feelings. Don't go for the manifestations. Even though I get that, I don't go for that. I let that happen. That's a byproduct of me just being with the Lord. Okay? And I didn't really, I mean, I happened over time of just really cultivating this, this heart to be with God and let God do what He wants to do with me. Most of the time it's this. You know what, Lord, I need just to be loved on. You know, just let your love come. And if there's anything you want to tell me now, just tell me. And just leave it at that. And just rest in that. And if I've got stuff on me, just say, Lord, here it is. I mean, God wants us to be really honest with Him. Okay? I mean, real honest, real, real grimy honest. And tell Him how you feel. If you've got things in your heart that, that you can't... You know, I, I had this recently. I had this thing in my life. I said, I cannot seem to overcome this thing, Lord. And I started talking to Him about it. And I mean, the Holy Spirit, He just... He got all over me. He was so happy. For me to be honest with him about it. And my questions to him about why. Why, you know, why, why is this taking so long, Lord? And he was, so, he was just so pleased with that discussion. And what happened is, because he was pleased, he started giving me revelation on how to break free. You know? Everybody good? So we're talking about hearing the Lord. I know I got off the subject there a little bit. but So many times, this is the last thing, many times is this. God will speak to you. You won't be consciously aware of it. You trust it by faith. And when the time comes, when the need arises, the demand of life, the demand of the situation, you can pull on it. The wisdom will come. The revelation will come. The answers will come because you have given God a chance. You've got the weightiness off your heart. You continue laying those burdens, casting those burdens. You've dealt with those anxious thoughts. You continue saying this is not... Somebody said, some famous preacher, I forget which one, said, I cannot afford to think a thought that God's not thinking. Have you heard that? Somebody, who said, somebody said that. I don't know who it was, but I thought, man, when I, first, when I first read that, I thought, good Lord, this guy. I thought, but that's exactly right. Do I have thoughts in my mind that God wouldn't think? And if I do, 
I can't afford to have them there. I've got to get them and put them at the foot of the cross. Give them to Jesus. And uh, I believe this particular guy, whoever he is, there's two or three of them, I think, that know about this stuff. They're really walking in it, walking in exceptional anointing and power because they're not full of bad thoughts. Anyways, there's this one guy that I know that doesn't pray. You know, lots of times we get together, let's pray, and this person will not pray. I don't need to pray. I've already done that. I'm trusting God. He's already given me the answers that we need. Okay? You know how we'll do something? Well, let's get, we need to pray about this. And, and like this guy's like, he doesn't have this religious thing on him where he says, no, I already, no, God's already put what, in my heart what I need. I've already been with God. I mean, y'all can pray if y'all have this religious need to pray. You know? I'm trusting God that he's going to release this wisdom out of me now that's already in me. Do y'all follow that? That's really the way it's supposed to be. Not that we shouldn't pray, but I don't think we've got to get together and pray about everything. Heck, why haven't we prayed before? And we've been with God, and we're trusting God that He's released heaven to our hearts, and we can communicate it. But that ain't how we operate. We're sort of operating in the negative most of the time. All right, one last thing. You've got time for one more thing. This is good. It's, how many people in this room feel like your, your life is running away with you? In other words, it's November the 15th, and you look out, good Lord, where did the fall go? Has any, does anybody have that kind of, like, like your days are racing by? Anybody? There's one, two, three. Hey, I bet you there's more of y'all that feel that way. Well, Becky said she figured this out a couple years ago, a few years ago. Ten years ago, she's ten years ahead of me. Twenty. <laughs> I want to tell you the secret for that not happening to you and, and, and the secret to being able to live every day of your life and where life doesn't rush by you. And one day, ten years has gone by and you look at your child or you look at your face, like, how did I get so old so ugly so quick? <laughs> what happened to my hair, Lord? Every day I'm looking at it. But this is what it is. About a year ago, or a little bit, actually a little over a year, was on a Wednesday night we had the meeting here and went home and I had to put something in the mailbox and I walked down and I glanced up at the sky and I realized I hadn't looked at the stars ages. And the Lord spoke to me right then and He said this to me. He said, Byron, your world's too small. And I knew what He was talking about. He was talking about the creation that was all around me. Okay? And that was shouting at me. Because the Bible tells us the creation is speaking to us. Every day, the creation is trying to tell us something. And I realize, you know, I'm just living my little world in here or at home, just wherever. I am not paying attention to what the creation is saying to me. And that's why these, uh, there's a lot of uh, native people who are seer prophets. I'm talking about the believers now. That really have a revelation about nature and can, and can tell you things. I know people can get weird on that, and y'all might think I'm getting weird, but I'm telling you something. The Bible's not, it's right in Romans. Romans chapter 1, I think verse 19 or something, it says that creation is screaming at mankind, that it's declaring the invisible attributes of God. God's trying to talk to us through creation. And it also says that creation is groaning. Okay, so those Indian people ain't a bunch of weirdos. There's something to all that. And this is what I discovered. As I began to, every day of my life, take note of creation around me. Take note of the sky above me. Take note of the stars above me. Take note of the blue sky, the gray sky. Take note of the trees, the ground. When I began to take note of that, 
I started discovering something. This was a byproduct. First of all, what it did to me, it helped me to grab every day. Okay, every day of my life I'm able to grab it. It's not, it's not running away. My life is not leaving me anymore. It used to be. My life's not running by. I'm not caught up in just my little world. I'm seeing something bigger. And here's what creation will do. This is Because people, people want to know, how do you get into the spiritual realm? Well, by, the Bible is clear. That is the first step in. That's the doorway. Because behind that, there's a door. There's an invisible world right behind that that's shouting something to us. And if you begin to pay attention to it, God will show you that invisible door. Have you ever heard a person say this? When I, I'm talking about lost people say this. Don't know God. They'll say this. I feel closer to God when I'm in nature. When I'm out hiking or I'm in the mountains. You know why they say that? Because they are. They are tapping into something spiritual. And what we are, we think we're so dogged spiritual, we're so caught up in our life, we're so dogged in our jobs and our family, all that stuff, and we're missing one of the key things that God has given us that speaks. I was talking to somebody the other day. It was like, oh, man, it's raining. It's rough out there. They said, hey, you know, I love it when it rains. I love it when it's raining. I like to go out there and walk in the rain because I feel God speaking to me. This grace guy doesn't bother me. God's talking to me. That's what they were telling. I'm thinking, dang, I don't, man. <laughs> this person's really got some revelation, you know? And I believe that's one of the things that will help a lot of people, especially you know, the age we live in, everything's rush, rush, rush. You know, go, go, go. Do, do, do. And, and the world around you's changing. The leaves have fallen off the trees and you missed the leaves. You just took, you know, you glanced at them. See, we shouldn't be doing that because all that was trying to tell us something. All that was trying to speak God's Word to us. All that was trying to give us a revelation of His, His invisible attributes, His power, His divine glory. That's simple, but it's very profound. And we're missing something simple and profound in our life. And our life is running by us. That's why when we look at our kids that have suddenly grown up and we wonder where time went, it's because we've lost touch with something basic. A basic way that God wants to speak to us and reveal Himself to us. And when we begin to capture that, recapture that, it'll make your days be different. Because God is not, He's concerned about your day in and day out life. Okay? Amen? Is that good? I mean, that's real good. I'm telling you, if you'll do it, it works. It really does work. All right, here's what we're going to do. This is what I want to do. I want to say this to people. Have I been talking too much? I want to say this to Listen to this. Back years ago, I was a young Christian. I was in a meeting in our church called Lamb's Chapel. There was a man there named Joe Mathis. Who knows Joe Mathis? Raise your hand. Well, to me, Joe Mathis at the time was like, he was like, like two or three notches down from God. I know how I viewed Joe Mathis. He was a real... Joe Mathis was doing stuff that people now call cutting edge. He was doing it in 1970-something. Just, that's just who he was. I mean, he was just powerful guy. Well, Joe, one night they were doing something. It made me think the other night we were singing that, Lord, fill my cup. We were doing that the other night, Wednesday night. I'm thinking, oh, that's a bad way. To, that's, you better be careful. Because here's what happened. Joe, Joe Mathis stood in the meeting. And said, Lord, fill my cup. And this prophetic guy stood up mm, right there in front of everybody <laughs> and said something to this. The Lord will not fill a cup that's half full. You need to empty yourself. And when he said that, if, if there had been a hole, I would have jumped in it. Because I'm thinking, if God would say that to Joe Mathis, what would he say to me? <laughs> I'm so bad. 
I mean, I am a scoundrel. I was scared of God at that moment. Like, he's going to get me next, and it won't be just you need to empty a half cup, son. We're going to mark out all your bad stuff. And Well, I didn't, you know, the Lord's merciful. Thank you, Lord. I don't, you know, that's just the way I felt. But I was scared that night. But that was the truth. We want God to fill us, but he wants us to empty. And, here, and, and there's a lot of things we can empty. I'm telling you, today he's saying he wants us to empty those worrisome things. Those things that weigh our hearts down. Those things that we really are. Lord, we, gotta, we need this, we need that. We need the bills, we need a job. We need this person, we need our kids to come back. We need this to work out. The things that are just tearing us up on the inside. We've got to lay, see, we, if we will lay those things, that's what I want you to, that's what I want to, I want to go after. That's what I'm going after, because those things have weighed my heart down. If you have fear in your heart about something, you know, fear of failure, fear of this, fear of that, whatever it is, if we could lay those things at the feet of Jesus, casting all your cares on Him, because He'll take care of you. That's what it means. Give Him those things. See, that releases your heart from the weights it's carrying. So it can begin to hear. It can begin, you can begin to, to hear what that heart's saying. Because that heart's saying something. It's saying wisdom from God. It's saying information from heaven that he's put in there already. And he, the very thing that you're worried about, if you could lay it down today and let go of it, you could get the answer for that thing. You see what I'm saying? Because suddenly you would hear the answer for it. That thing is hindering you from hearing from heaven. You know, I don't know about circumstances, okay? But I do know about the heart. And I do know if we can lay those things down at the feet of Christ, then He can fill our hearts up with wisdom and knowledge and revelation and all the stuff that we desperately are going after. The very answer, you know, like the very health answer, you know, the very answer for that child, the very answer for that situation, the very answer for that money, it's right there. But the, the worry of that, the care of that, the concern of that is keeping us from hearing. Okay? And I'm saying to you, the Lord's saying to you, He, is, he wants to invite you to come today and cast your cares on Him. Cast them at Him. Give them to Him. And don't take them back up. <laughs> when you walk out the door, I'll take it with me. <laughs> no, just leave it with them. Just say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I got this care. This thing is just tearing me up. This worry, this concern. I mean, some of it's good stuff, too. It's about your children. It's about your parents or whatever. I mean, all the cares of this life that the Lord wants to take this morning. He, he wants to take them. But you have to give them to him for him to take them. And I believe this. I believe this. If you'll let them have them, get rid of that load as you're carrying, you're going to hear God about that thing. And he may say, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. Just trust me and keep marching. Or he may say, well, here's what you need to do. Okay? So anybody who wants to do that, if you feel like the Lord says, I want you to, I'm a, I want you to come up here and just be before the Lord and just deal between you and God. Just lay it down. Just come up here. Just lay it down at His feet. Cast all of your cares upon Him. So if you want to come right now, that would be just a good thing. And we used to sing that song, casting all, casting all your cares on Him.
Y'all remember that? For He careth for you. I believe if you'll do that this morning, God will meet you. I just believe that. So I'm going to pray for you, a prayer. And they're going to sing over you. I want you to do business with God. I want you to do business with Him. Do business with the Father. You and Him. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. Just release your grace on these your children that are coming up this morning. Want to give you the cares of this life. Dissipation. Those who have that in their life. Drunkenness, Lord. Sin. Anything that you have spoken to people's heart about this morning that they're, that's weighing their hearts down, Lord. God, you want to speak to people. You want them to be able to hear that little heart in there that's full of life and full of wisdom and full of revelation and full of answers, full of practical things for their lives, Lord. Lord, I just pray for these hearts today that the weights would be taken off of the hearts today in Jesus' name. All the weights, all the cares, all the concerns, all the sorrows, that, Lord, You would take them, Lord. Lord, that we'd give them to You. We would truly give them to You, Lord. We would just let go this morning. This would be a day of surrender. A day of letting go. A day of emptying our cups before You. A day of just doing business with God. The Bible calls it a divine exchange. You know that scripture in Isaiah where it says, Those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. You know what it literally says? It says those who wait on the Lord will exchange their strength. It means they will get the strength of the Lord for their strength. That's a pretty good, pretty good deal. Make that exchange with God today. Your cares, your sorrows, your concerns, your weightiness, your dissipation, your drunkenness, whatever it is, exchange it with the Lord today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord bless. I want you to stay here and just do business with the Lord. You will. Stay here as long as it takes. Just do business with God. See, God really is, let me just say this, God really is revealing Himself as a businessman. And He's come to people. Okay? He's coming to people now as a businessman and says, if you'll give me that, you will give me that. As a businessman, I will give you something better. I will exchange with you. So in a sense, you're coming to the table of the Lord, to the, to the business counter of God, and make an exchange from heaven. Your life can change today. Your situations can change. Start right now.